0: Hey y'all, this is Mallory Irvin, and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired and motivated to be and do our best and that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. and welcome back to the Living Fully Podcast. I am so excited to bring you guys this podcast today. This one really moved me in so many ways and I am just so grateful to my guests today um, for sharing their time. They've got a lot going on right now. They always do, but especially in 2020. Without further ado, I bring you guys Jeremy and Adrian Camp. So I want to do a quick A brief little bio on both of them, just in case you guys haven't heard of Jeremy and AD, they are a husband and wife. And Jeremy Camp is actually a Grammy-nominated singer and songwriter. There is a movie that has just come out about his life called I Still Believe, in which he shares this amazing story about how he got engaged to and married to a woman named uh, Melissa that he lost shortly thereafter to... A really aggressive cancer. It was, it is just the most amazing story of faith and how he shows that he still believes in God through all of these trials and like how he uses this to get through. It's it's just amazing. Kyle and I watched it. You have to watch this. But aside from that movie, they also have. Each, he and his wife have books that have come out this year. They have a book together about like relationships and marriage. They've actually been married for 16 years. They have three children. They are passionate about keeping God and their faith in the middle of their life and marriage and just sharing this with everybody else. And they have a nonprofit that they founded together called Speaking Louder Ministries. But also, Adrienne, in her own light, she is not from the United States. She's from South Africa, and she's also a singer and a songwriter. She was the lead singer in a Christian rock band. And Jeremy actually was opening for her when they met many years ago. She's just written a children's book called Even Me. And she is just this amazing wife and mother. And I'm so excited. I'm sorry that that I like literally took two minutes to tell you all the things that they do because they do so many incredible things, each in their own light and together. So I am so excited to bring you guys Jeremy and Adrian Camp. Do you guys work out of the house that your children are in currently, or do you have a separate office?
1: We, well,
0: we
2: have, I have a,
1: it's like a little guest house attached to the main house. So we're in like the back room away from the main house. Yeah. So I
2: basically, I have a studio. It's my studio room, but we kind of double it as doing interviews and videos and yeah. Facebook lives. And then my studio is on this side over here. So what we have like, three, yeah,
1: <laughs> be able to separate. No. Yeah. And we set it up in quarantine because in the beginning we were trying to do our interviews and all these things like in our bedroom and then, Jeremy's niece and nephew were crunting with us, and then they're, they're staying in our guesthouse. Oh, so you have life? Okay. Then, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> then we were like, everybody, turn the internet off because we need it for, you know, however many hours. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. We, we then we're like, we have to figure this out and yeah. get a little setup going.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just you, you just gotta roll with it. You just gotta roll yeah. with things that happen <laughs> in life, and I mean, what a year. Okay, so that's what I want to start with. So. I mean, I've just given your bios and I'm already like, whew, like all of the things that you've done in your life. But I want to talk about specifically this year. So we were just talking about this a little bit off camera, but wow, you guys just decided to really go for it here in 2020. (laughs) Um, Okay. I've literally, okay. So I Still Believe came out. The memoir, I Still Believe came out, the book, the couple book in unison, and then Eighty, you did the your book, also even me. Yes. Yeah. And then there was a soundtrack. Am I cr- Is that all that we've done in 2020?
2: Yeah, actually, uh, no. We I, no, we actually did another thing. We just recorded a worship EP that comes out in a couple months.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: just to add to the list of crazy,
0: <laughs> we're kind of
2: all in people. So once we go do something, we're all in.
0: I'd say. Okay. <laughs> so. My first question is, you know, as this people look at this year and especially I'm a person of faith, like obviously you guys have built your whole career and your lives yeah. on this and everybody's saying, oh, why in the world did we release all of this in 2020? This has just been such a crazy year and it's just, I can't do the book tour. I can't do the, the music right. tour or whatever it is. But wow, what a message. I still believe rings true today, because with everything that's going on with the, you know, uh, unrest and with coronavirus and just everything, yeah. like the message of I Still Believe is really a powerful one. And I, I ask my audience, b- who were so excited to have you guys on, by the way, both uh-huh. of you. I asked them um, some questions, which I'll weave through today. And they asked that, they said, you know, um, what do they think about 2020 as people of faith and this message of I I still believe? Can we just talk about that starting out?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, one thing, and I don't want to kind of sound cheesy right away, but it's really true. If you think of 2020, 2020 is, is perfect vision, right? It's clear vision. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, this whole year came, I was like, man, this is going to be perfect vision of like <laughs> rad <laughs> things going to happen and like, <laughs> like epic proportion because all this stuff that are happening. And it was different. And I think what's happened is it's made a shift and go, okay, God, what is, what is the vision or the reset that you want us to look at? Like, what do you want us to see? You know, and through your eyes, and I think so, having clear vision is making us reset and go, God, what do you want from us? Not what our desires and are, but God, what do you want? Because I think right now our desires and our dreams and our goals in a sense got not put on hold because it's still out there. You know what I mean? Like you have, but it looks differently. Yes. And so I had a friend tell me one time, you know, I talked to him a couple of days ago. And we're talking about the release of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the the opening night, the movie was out. It was the number one movie in America. You know, and so you're going, oh, my goodness. Amazing. this
0: Amazing. Is... Yeah, yeah. It, it was. I hadn't heard that stat. I knew it was really successful, but wow.
2: Yeah, so you're going, this is going to be incredible. And so, you know, it didn't reach the – it got shut down that weekend because it came out the, the weekend of declaring the global pandemic. But, you know, it's – reaching not just the the how big it is, but how deep it is. And I think that that's yeah. what this movie is doing. It's, it's reaching a deeper place now because of what's happening than ever before. Because the movie is, of course, about me going through, watching my wife struggle through cancer and then dying three and a half months later. And so you have this understanding of we're all going through pain and trials right now. Mm-hmm. And for me, the message and the hope is going, I ran to Jesus and some people that may be watching, you know, if they believe or not, but that's for me, that's what got me through it because he was my only hope. And right now I'm looking at, it's almost like I still believe being relived all over again. Like, God, I don't understand what's going to happen because, you know, there's the words in that song, it starts off saying scattered words and empty thoughts seem to pour from my heart. I've never Mm -hmm. felt so torn before. seems I don't know where to start, but just saying, but I still believe. I still believe. Even though I don't understand this, like for me and it, people are going to have to be kind of in a sense challenged by saying, okay, I don't understand this, but am I going to still believe and trust God in the midst of this? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's what this whole story is about. And so I think that reaching a greater depth because of what's happening right now is what's is, is what's happening with the movie. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's that so beautifully said. And I think the last line of the course, isn't it something like, even when I cannot see, like I still yeah. believe, because yeah. we we don't see... Right. We don't see the resolution yet, even. Yeah. So we're talking here this summer. This can be a couple of weeks maybe before this podcast comes out, but we're, we're kind of in the middle of it still. I like you as a person of, of faith. Like when you can't see and you have that faith, that is like the, it's the, that's the greatest faith. Yeah. So we certainly can't see how things are going to be resolved. But um, <laughs> if we can only have faith in these times, then man.
2: I know. Can you imagine Those things? Yeah, because I think I think that if you can learn to truly, truly build up your relationship with God during this moment, mm-hmm. which is a hard moment, that's that's when it's truly real. Yeah. Because a lot of people will even say, yeah, I, I have faith or I believe in God. But like, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road to yeah. say, hey, am I going to actually right now live that out? Or am I just going to proclaim it with my voice. You know what I mean? I want to live it out. Oh,
0: true. And I love that you said that because, you know, and everything else that's going on, you know, on social media, and even like with all of the different, the things that are going on with all the black lives matter movement and stuff like that, what you just said, like the, are you going to proclaim it with your voice or are you going to live it out? I think that's Um, a really important message also in all of this, because it's like that. sometimes like a whole movement can be like, some people will just post an Instagram square and then you don't have to do anything behind the scenes, but I love what you just said because it reminds me of, I think just that going the step further, that, that very meaningful, like necessary step to change yeah. our culture. Yeah. Yeah. I this love a- it that you said that. Okay. So, I had to ask too because I know you guys kind of came from the Christian space, both of you. Because A.D., as I just said in like the the bio and everything, like you were a huge musician in your own right. I love it, Jeremy, that you were opening for her. That's
2: right. That's right.
0: You know. Uh-huh. Let's this all straight, <laughs> and I, you know what? I gotta. I'm I, I have to mention it. Like, first off the bat, because you guys did um, the podcast with my friends, Sean and Andrew. Sean and I have um, been, like, best friends for 10 years. Yes. And I was, I was dying laughing at the, like, om- the, the failed breakup slash proposal story. <laughs> I, I was just laughing. So it's just so funny. Like when God just like throws us these oh, <laughs> funny things. You
2: have, you have your idea. He has something different, you know, mm-hmm. plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. So listeners, just in case like you missed this story, basically like, oh, no, Jeremy, you tell it really quickly because it's really. <laughs> you. you want me to tell yeah, like, okay, no, okay. it? Yeah. Or okay. maybe one I'll of you too. She can so in. funny.
2: So, you know, we, we met and the thing about us is we weren't, it wasn't love at first sight. And of course I just gone through, you know, a little like year almost year and a half before my wife you know died of cancer so I wasn't looking I'm not saying that there's a timeline but I wasn't looking for anybody you know but we met and it wasn't love at first sight but then pretty soon after we started talking and becoming friends I wouldn't see her and I'd be like oh where's Adrian at you know and okay. so I'm you know I kind of started missing her. Well that I'll make this short so then Of course, because of that, I felt guilty. I'm like, I don't know if I should be loving again or liking somebody again because Mm -hmm. of what I went through. Yeah. So I was like, you know, it's not going to work out. I I need to take her out and just say, you know, we can't do this. We can't Mm -hmm. move forward with this. So I went to Applebee's, which is, I think, the perfect restaurant. (laughs) Sat down and literally I looked at her and what came out of my mouth was, do you feel like you can marry me? (laughs) We just known each other for
1: two months. Two okay. months.
2: And she, she said right away, what'd you say? I, like, yes. yeah. I said yes. Right yeah. With no hesitation. And I think that's why if she would have hesitated at all, I would have been like, I'm out. But because she said yes, I kind of went, okay. Well, oh, okay. I can't even break it up with you. And, and that's what came out of my mouth. Maybe I just, I'm not good with words, but that's what came out of my mouth. I don't know. But that's where like God says, here you go. I'm going to tell you something different because yes. I just want to be together.
1: Yes. What was so weird is that I had a feeling he was going to break it off with me. And I even told my friend before we had I'd gone, you know, we'd gone out for dinner. And I said, I think that he's going to call this off. Because mm-hmm. you so had that I, feeling. Oh, I have so many you know, times had that feeling. Yes. That. And then when that came up, we just kind of looked at each other afterwards. Like, what in the world just happened? Like, where do we go from here? I don't think yes. we ate.
2: We're just sitting there picking up the food.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dipping okay. in that like spinach artichoke dip. Like, oh,
2: yeah. So are
0: we engaged <laughs> mm-hmm. now? Are we? Yeah, you know, like, for
2: a second. I'm just, you know, trying to dip in that artichoke yeah. dip. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
0: So funny. Yeah, now you're sharing a lot more than just dips. So you've got three children yes. and now you're like mega stars and and it's it's funny because when you when you branch into like a different category. So you were probably really safe and comfortable like in the Christian space. Of course, like you've branched out everybody in the world I feel like knows who you are or have heard of it. But like doing this film with Lionsgate, like this was really like opening up your life, both of your lives, your stories, your families to like everybody, because we're sitting on our couch during quarantine, like, okay, I want to watch a movie. And this movie did really well. So did you see like a a difference in like the reception from, I don't want to call it like the, like a new space almost like opening your life up. What has it been like opening your life up to like a bigger stage and your story, your very personal, vulnerable story? Like, what have you learned from that?
1: It's been amazing. I mean, I feel like, you know, we've done a couple sort of Instagram lives And we've been calling them around the world. And it's been so fun because we'll just be, you know, clicking on different people's whatever locations from all over the world. And just to be able to connect with people all like worldwide has been amazing, especially because right now as a nation, you know, not only is America the only one that's going through COVID-19, but the whole world is. And so it's almost like we've been in this, universal like going through challenges together and i feel like the movie was something that kind of bridged this massive gap yeah. of being able to speak hope worldwide you know which was yeah. just incredible but
2: yeah i mean you know honestly it's you're right it's been a whole different space because there's you know everything of course has amplified you know yeah. from you know hundreds of interviews to doing You know, posting a we posted a song one time that I wrote during quarantine that I was just kind of like woke up one day and like I just have a song and Mm -hmm. I said you want to sing a song and post it on like Facebook you know and this is like not
1: really thinking anything I just was like you
2: want to post this is like a week after the movie came out so we posted it and then like a week later it had like nine million views you know and yeah on my Facebook and so. Yeah. And so you're going, oh, oh, okay. So you realize that people are interested. And so we want to give people something that is of substance. And I yeah. think that's where we're at right now is going and, and not and even like what you said too. And some of your audience might not be Christians and that's like, that's fine. We so love it. we love yeah. it. Like we want to I, give, I love some,
0: that you guys love that and that you welcome that. Yeah. Well, Because, mm-hmm.
2: because yeah. here's the deal. Like for us, I don't want to just, also just speak Christianese and be like, because yeah. some people are going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. or that It makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to be able to relate to it. Yeah. But that's why with my story, you can relate to the story and then you can relate to how did you get through it? And so the people are wondering how you got through it yeah. and, and literally saying it was my relationship with Jesus. That's, that's, so, so as much non-Christian needs as you can get, that's about it. I went through trial mm-hmm. and tribulation and it was because of spending time with Jesus and his yeah. comfort is what got me through it. So, yeah, such,
0: <laughs> it really is. It's such a, it, it's so inspirational and, and and amazing. And I've mentioned this before on my podcast. All of my listeners kind of know this story. So, like during quarantine, we went through as a family a really tough time. My sister lost a baby. So he was five wow. weeks old and had heart surgeries, and it was this kind of just like long and drug out thing that we didn't think would end like that, but it did. Kind of like you know, similar to you, you you have all this hope. You almost have this brief miracle yeah. and like it ends in a totally different way it feels like a tease it feels like a, a oh my gosh like how, how did it end like this and so yeah. as a family we have kind of had our own journey with with this and like how do you move forward from that and how do you um continue to believe but the most beautiful things in life i think really come from pain and and the yeah. deepest pain and It's a, it's a funny, it's a wild thing to share something so vulnerable and, and have people from the outside that aren't going through that, like way in and then bring other people in. And, and it's just this whole thing because you know, when you, when you experience it individually, it's so different. I feel like than someone else obviously experiences it from the outside. So that's what Adrian, I wanted to ask you this question because I know like everybody probably asks you this, but is it a challenge? Like you have to be such a strong woman to say, I accept this story. I Yes, like this happened. We're talking about another woman that the my husband that I'm married to now and that I love and that I have a family with. And you have to talk about it, you know, all the time. Yeah. And you yep. didn't experience this story like he did, obviously, like from the outside you uh-huh. experienced it differently. But I just have to ask you because you mu- you you are just such an incredible woman and in everything that I've listened to and, like, read about you. Can you speak to that and, like, what it's like entering into, like, this story had already begun kind of without yeah. you. And then you kind of had to carry carry it forward in a way, you know, with Jeremy. So I just wanted to ask you about that.
1: Well, you know, I I, I would be lying if I said it's been easy the whole time because yeah. it hasn't been at all. There's been moments of deep insecurity for me, sometimes frustration, you know, definitely been some really hard things. But I think what kept me going forward the whole time was just realizing. That so many people were impacted by the story, and to be honest with you, when I met Jeremy, like you had shared earlier, it wasn't love at first sight. But I was touched by their story and the faith that they had, and by her life. And so, in a sense, I kind of felt like she became one of my friends. You know, I I literally feel like when I get to heaven one day, I feel like I'm friends with her, even though I've never met her. And so for me to just realize that there's people in this world that will have impact on other people, and I never ever wanted to stand in the way of God using Jeremy and Melissa's story to touch people yeah. just because I feel insecure, you know, or just if I have a moment of weakness of going, "Oh my gosh." you know And to be honest with you, right before I married Jeremy, I sat down with a pastor's wife, who was also a second wife, and, and she said to me, she just said, she goes, "I want to challenge you. If Jeremy kept sharing his story." About what God has done in his life and never ever shared about you, would you be okay with that? And I just for a split second paused and I just said, Yes, I, I would. And it was one of those things that I think it just sort of settled it in my heart. I mean, this is literally 17, 18 years ago, you know, that I felt like just having the preparation of that question of just going, This isn't about me. And this isn't actually even about Melissa. And Melissa wouldn't want it wanted to be about her. It's not about you. This really is about who God is to us in trials. It's yeah. about Jesus. It's about his comfort. And who am I to stand in the way just because it's not about me? Yeah. You know? And so I think that was just resolved in my heart. And again, it's not been easy, but just seeing the amount of people that have been touched by this and ministered to by it, for me, I'm going, it's worth it. Yeah. yeah, that's,
0: a, I, I love how you just said that. And, and like, it It leads me to my next question, because you said, who God, it's, it's all who God is in trials. What a selfless answer. I just have to give a moment for that answer. You're just, you're, you're awesome. awesome. You both are. But.
2: By the way, so <laughs> this, I'm, she's not just saying that I've lived with this and and yeah, she oh, is I believe
0: it like yeah really mm-hmm. so yeah because yeah, I get to see your face I get to look at Jeremy and, and Adrian and like ask these questions so I can see their I can tell I, I, <laughs> everybody else is hearing it but like I can see it so who God is in trials so I love that you wrote this relationship book and I love it because a lot of times isn't it like easier for everyone as public people mm-hmm. for you to kind of keep everyone on the outside thinking things are okay. Cause then you don't have to address it. You don't have to open the can of worms and let everybody else yeah. into the can. And everybody's going to talk about what's in the can. And so, but you guys, you wrote this book and I want to talk about, you know, marriage and relationships and parenting here for a second, because I'm a married person with children, as are a lot of people that will listen to this podcast. Yeah. And while I think a lot of people's relationship with God is singular, in know, in a lot of ways, our relationships, you know, With each other and with our families there, there are a lot of things that get crossed and a lot of like, (laughs) then you got kids in and they really evolve like our relationships do with God. But I really love a lot of the advice in this book. But if you had to pick like one piece of, we'll start with like marriage, each of you, one piece of marriage advice, what would it be if you could like take one thing? It can be from the book or it can be from your own life.
2: So tough because it Who but, wants to start? <laughs> I'll start is because I mean, there's so many, and, and you can go from, from practical to, to spiritual, and it all kind of comes together. Anyway. But I'll just say something a little more practical, but ends up being a really deep thing is never, we started off when we got married, and I said, never tell me that you're okay with me either going to do something or you're okay when you're not. Like, if you're not okay, if I say, one. how are you doing? If I say, how are you doing? You have to tell me. Or if I say, hey, can I go out with my friends? And you say, yeah, that's great. You can't expect me if I go out and you're upset about me going out, but you didn't tell me you didn't want me to go out. You Uh can't put that on me. I can't read your mind. You know what I mean? I was going
0: to say, because we want you to be mind readers as (laughs) me. Right, true, (laughs) we do.
2: (laughs) And I I knew that. You
0: don't have that ability. (laughs) You're supposed to.
2: (laughs) So it's, it's saying like, Hey, can I go out? And she's like, yeah, and I, I can go. Cool. Cause she said, I'd, I'd love for you to stay home tonight. I haven't, we haven't hung out. That has helped so much because if you can just be real and transparent and really go, I'm not going to be fake with you. Let's just make a promise. If you're okay and you say you're okay, then I believe you. And if you're not, then that you can't put it on me.
0: That's awesome because then it's like a whole week of like this thing that you're not really for sure, like what even happened, but that it is. affects so many other things. And oh. then it affects your families and it spills over, and your children can tell something's off. What a beautiful piece of advice! I love that one. That's, that's a great one.
1: Okay, your turn. <laughs> you know, for me, if I think about just the key really to relationship building is humility. Humility breeds healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're in conflict, when you know I have a a very strong opinion, I've got a strong personality. So does Jeremy. We come from two different countries. We come from two different perspectives on things sometimes. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, the time we agree in a sense doesn't count because we're happy. You know, so the time that it's like that, it's in when rises when we're being challenged with somebody else's perspective that I just think humility is key mm. to listen to each other, um, to understand where somebody else is coming from, and just to not always make ourselves front and center of everything, you know? That I just think even in conflict situations to just it takes humility to resolve, it takes humility to listen to where you know, somebody else might be coming from. Yeah.
2: Like right now in our society, it, it takes humility it to listen to, humility. to where other people are going to
1: say from. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like, Let's just be honest.
1: <laughs> that's so applicable.
0: Like, like not yeah. only think of ourselves. Yes. Yeah. That's so. That's so. What a yeah, beautiful thing in relationships, and parenting, and society on on Instagram, and and everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 and that really exudes from both of you. Like, I can really feel that from you. So, uh, you were just talking about like you know ask someone else's perspective. So I. I I listened to, I don't know if it was a podcast that you did or something that I read and you guys have a lot of irons in the fire and you're juggling a lot of things Mm -hmm. and you know, for me as a parent and doing, I'm I'm in the middle of writing a book right now, which you guys know because you've written so many books. It's very like stressful, and you wish you could be Ernest Hemingway and like in a desert, just like writing by yourself. But in reality, yeah, it's so different. <laughs> and, like, yes. Over your head, oh my gosh, literally, yeah. Yes. And then like they'll like turn the computer off, and I'm like, no, Like, you know, it's just it's a thing. I obsessively
1: like command s all the time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I I was listening to you guys. You were talking about like balancing everything and how you balance things out. And you said something like, you're so prayerful in asking like, what are the right things to do that you're able to just like focus on those things and, and think this is the right thing. And you don't really second guess things. And I thought, what a great life lesson. I don't know which one of you guys said that, but it really struck me. And it really helped me because I feel like sometimes in life we get into, we just say yes to a lot of things right, and right. it, and it becomes this like one way train. And then our lives are just moving in this direction yep. and we're on cruise control. And it's like, is this my purpose even anymore? And what is going on? Oh, yeah. so heard, can you speak a little bit about that? Because you guys seem so intentional about your lives. And I'm assuming this is one tool that you use to remain intentional. Cause especially when you have kids that come into play, I mean, You really have to be. So, okay. Talk a little bit about that.
2: Oh, good. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, just so you know, I mean, we've arrived here because of the mistakes we've made. Yeah. Because, you know, we've we've (laughs) been in seasons where, like, I remember somebody told me once, if you you have everything on your plate, if your plate is too full, inevitably things fall off. And so there were seasons in our life where things were falling off the plate, you know, even at one point, I think we talk about it in, in the book. that we just say, like our marriage, like I remember telling Jeremy, I feel like I'm on the back burner. Like you have time for everybody else but me. And then I know that as a mom, I've done that to my kids. I was so busy and so consumed. And so we've gotten to this place because of some of the lessons that we've learned that I just realized, you know, the things that I want to have fall off my plate Mm -hmm. are not my marriage and it's not my kids. And so in those things, it has been one of those things that I was like, okay, God, then you need to be the one to show us exactly what we need to put our hands to because then I know I'm moving forward because if he gives you that that calling in a sense he's going to give you the ability to juggle it all and so there happened things over the seasons that didn't make sense to kind of say Mm -hmm. no to but we did yeah you know and then something people were like oh my gosh you're doing all of that but it was like we knew that in each of those things God was just leading and opening the doors And so I think in that, there was this confidence of just going, God, if you show me that this is something I need to tackle, I know you'll give me the grace and the strength to to handle it, you know? Yeah. And what does that look like when, when
0: he shows you, I'm one that I, I've always asked for, for signs. I ask for like strong direction, things like that. In y'all's life, like, what does that look like? Is it just a feeling?
2: Yeah, I think there's just. So there's kind of a, a couple of things, you know, one, let me just say that not all good things are God things. So what I mean by that, it's not all good opportunities that you're like, that's a great opportunity. doesn't yes. mean it's God leading you that way. Yes. So that's a huge, I mean, a good line. that's a thing. <laughs> not all good things are God things because you're like, that's so great. doesn't mean he wants you to do it. So yeah. with that being said, I think what we've realized is that we both have to have a piece about it, like a literal piece, mm-hmm. not just like. Yeah, it seemed like a great idea if there's a red flag, because usually the couple of things that you have to have is if there's a red flag, which you kind of just like, ah, yeah. just don't do it. You know what I mean? If you're just feeling like this red, yeah. red flag, like, ah, there's just something like a little thing that's out there, I'm not going to do it. But, and, or one of us is not having a peace about it, then we're not going to do it. Because usually, maybe maybe she's hearing better from the Lord and, and I'm not, or maybe I'm hearing better from the Lord. It, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, I think that having a team like, mm-hmm. you know, you and your husband and having a team to actually make decisions together helps with that decision making because you both will, one of you will have a red flag maybe, or maybe you both won't. And so you're like, let's move forward. Or yeah, One yeah. of you, will have, you know, it's that kind of, that's the decision making process for sure.
0: I, I really love that. And I love it too. That like sometimes you hear the, somebody's hearing a little bit stronger, or like seeing the red flag. I say yes but, to things sometimes because I'm like, I need to say there are things in our life that we have to do that are hard that yes, we feel yes. like, Oh, these aren't the fun sparkly moments of life, but like we have to do them. Yes, or sometimes not. you feel like something is a good thing and you haven't seen the red flag and you get in the middle of it and then you lose your peace. Like we, yes. I, I lose my peace all the time in life. No. Um, so what is your advice? So like you've chosen the thing, you didn't see the red flag, you're in the middle of it. And then like, things start getting sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you, I guess that's when you, it's the, that's when you kneel
1: down and you are like, what do I do next? Like is yeah. that when you just lean into prayer? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say for me, it gets really, really practical that I literally wake up and I'm like, okay, first things first. Like I need to make sure I'm spending time in, you know, just reading my Bible, getting my, my brain right and spending time with a lot of being grounded and then it just gets really practical. Okay, like, is there anything that I need to do in my marriage right now? I can check the box, yes or no. Like, do my kids need anything from me? And so I just sort of, when things get really, really crazy, I think my world gets even a little bit smaller that I'm like, okay, take care of all of these little things first. Yeah. Yeah. And then I can just start to sort of tackle yeah. everything else that's crazy outside of that. And then just kind of go with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I,
2: I think it's the also being honest with the Lord, you know, and miss yeah. your prayers. God, I think I, I need I'm you. sorry, <laughs> or, or saying I'm sorry. I think I might've taken this on and, you know, I yeah. didn't really ask you if you wanted me, you know, to do it yeah. and not to be hyper spiritual. I'm just saying, but I think it's the admittance of that and mm-hmm. saying, but now that I'm in it, help me to do it well. Help me oh, to follow. Oh, what a
0: good, that's amazing advice. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I have to ask you this question because your kids range from five to 16 or five to, or not, eight to 15, right? Yep, yeah. yep. I got that mixed up in my brain. That's no yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, all right.
0: Um, okay. I'm so alone. they are in the age where everybody's got social media, like their friends have seen your movie, everybody. You've, you've always been, we like the word famous, but right. like this is a new level and now your kids are involved in everything. So what has fame taught you, like each of you? Because I think that every famous person, I feel like, um, comes out and is like, fame is the absolute worst thing in the entire <laughs> world. But you guys really, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at you and I see you exude you peace and humility and kindness and maybe that's just because you got the God thing figured out. But I mean, you really seem to have done it super well. So that's why I really want you to answer that question. I have a lot of famous guests, but this may be the first time I've asked this because you really seem to have just beautiful heads on your shoulders. <laughs> I think, yeah, sure. Yeah. I was going
1: to say, I think for me, what's, this is something that I've realized and it's what I've tried to pass down to my kids. And I think that even in, you know, being on set with all these crazy, amazing celebrities and walking literally the, the red carpet, which is sort of, you know, in a normal person's eyes, if you know what I mean by that, like these are things that you would live for, you They're know. Inspired so, to, yeah. I think in, in some ways they realize like, oh, that that's it. You know, like that isn't the thing that's the most fulfilling thing. Mm-hmm. But also the, the main thing out of everything is that people are people. It doesn't matter how famous you are. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, here we are. We're sitting on the red carpet chatting to Shania Twain and Gary Sinise. And it's like, oh, they're totally normal. And our kids are seeing the same thing. You know, we've literally taken them all over the world to we've taken them on on crazy hardcore mission trips and into really, really broken down places. And so here they are interacting with people that have absolutely nothing, having relationships with them and just going, oh, I love these people. And then the flip side of that is literally rubbing shoulders with people that are celebrities worldwide and going, oh, I love them too. And just realizing we're all broken and we all have needs and we all have desires and wants and we all want to be loved and we all need Jesus, you know? And so I think for them and even for me, one thing that I've learned is that Everybody's normal. It's not, there is this hierarchy, you
2: know, yeah. Well, I I think, you know, this is a a very grounding thing to realize, you know, there's a scripture that says every good and perfect gift comes from above, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, so really the gifts that we've been given, that you've been given, that Adrian's been given, all they're all from God. Now, what you choose to do with those gifts or who you choose to honor with those gifts, whatever that may be, that's what's going to be in your hands. And I think for me, if you can always step back and go, oh, yeah, this is not about me. Like God actually gave me this gift. So it's actually him that gave it to me. So Mm -hmm. for me to take credit for any of it is so foolish because it's almost like, you know, someone building this car and that you buy from the you know dealership, and you're like, look at this car that I built. It's like, oh, yeah. you, this is built it. Like, <laughs> like, it's just gift. You just got like this gift. Like this yeah. is great. You just got to you yeah. got to receive it and drive it. You exactly. know what I mean? So it's like with us. It's like no, you didn't do anything. So I think that it's the grounding aspect when you become in a position going, this is a, this is a gift from God, and I think that you know that's a lesson that I I learned very early, and and that honestly giving Him the glory for it because. Yeah you know, we're not created to receive glory. I mean, the Bible, we we can't handle it. Like the Bible is just basically said, that's why we continue to have to give glory to God because we're not created to receive it. So when we try to receive it, that's when people lose their minds because they realize they're getting all this, they're trying to get all this glory and and they're they're empty. You're like, oh, why am I empty? You know what I mean?
0: Such beautiful advice. And that's like, you've almost just answered the question that I asked. But why maybe people just get so fed up and overwhelmed with fame it's because they're receiving the glory and I love what you just said like we're not built for it I've never heard anyone say it like that and that's such a beautiful way to put that yeah
1: yeah. I heard um, a worship leader once she was talking about just how you know when you sing songs and then people come and they just compliment you afterwards and they're like that's amazing and for different people's personalities that can be very very uncomfortable you know I just remember first putting myself out there and literally wanting to hide. Like I didn't mind the singing part. It was having to deal with people afterwards, you know, but she said, just take it as if everybody who's coming up to you, saying these things is putting a little flower in your hand. And at nighttime, when you lay your head on your pillow, just take the whole bouquet and put it at the feet of Jesus. And just say, God, these are for you. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, that's so beautiful. It's just like, oh, thank you so much. Here, Lord, this one's for you, you know. And it just was something we even just taught our kids, too, because they are all musicians and they sing yeah. and they're crazy talented, you know. and yes, so just Of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so duh. We grounded, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: so, okay, well, I have, I have two more quick questions because we've got just a few minutes left. We've got four minutes left. So make this first one quick because you're talking about the positive things and the flowers and those are beautiful what do you do with the negativity? Because in this (laughs) space, even though it's like, it's a really positive, beautiful space. I mean, I know you deal with it. I do. Everyone deals with it. Yes, Even people that don't have a platform deal with it. So what do you do with those things?
2: Well, a couple of things that that I've learned, first of all, um, just in, you know, having a platform or not, even just your friendship circle is don't just shoot from the hip. Like when, especially when you're in a position of, of a platform, you have to really say, okay, well, if I'm going to post this or say this or whatever, am I just kind of running my mouth and not using wisdom or am I actually going, okay, I'm about to post this post that's going to deal with a certain circumstance or whatever. Mm-hmm. Am I saying the right things? Now, no matter what you say, sometimes you're going to get negative response. Oh, yeah. Like yep. and we, yeah. we all know that, but if you, I think this is how I can have a, a piece about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like, okay, let, let me give you an example of, of Jesus, he was accused, accused, accused Mm -hmm. constantly. And there's many times where, remember he just kind of sat there, didn't say anything. And the reason why he didn't say anything, one is because he knew he was about the father's business. So he knew that what he was doing was actually correct. So the the accusations were like, I already know that I'm doing what my father wants me to do. And and
1: say what you want, say what you want.
2: (laughs) Or two, number two is that he knew that no matter what he said, because of the intention of their heart that they wouldn't listen anyway. Yeah. So I think that you have to just go, if what I'm doing is what I feel like I should be doing. And I feel like that I'm getting wisdom and I, you have to rest in that. You have to let, because negativity and people that are going to be posting something or reaming you for something, it's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. But if you can stand and go, I feel like I'm doing what, what God has called me to do then stand in that, no matter okay. what the negativity becomes. And yeah. And Jesus lost followers because of speaking hard things. Let's I be honest. mean,
0: yeah. I, it's, <laughs> he wasn't afraid of it yeah. either. <laughs> it's And I, that's amazing. You know, that's so funny that you said that because I, whenever, because, and I also like you guys put positive content out there and I'm really trying to help people change their lives and like live their lives to the fullest. Yeah. And I'm like, it would be one thing if it was like clothes or, or if I was doing something controversial, but I'm actually like doing Right. But I think it's good.
1: Oh, no, and when
0: it gets like really bad and like somebody's just like hating, I'm like, I gotta think of Jesus because you want to talk about somebody trying to do something good and then people just not getting it and like he had to take that's, it. You just want to like shake you yeah. know the computer or the screen or I would say the person, but that's also you can't say that anymore. But it's like you just wanna be like, I'm just if you knew me, you wouldn't think this yeah. about me. But it's like right.
1: maybe yeah. they would because yeah. I know. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, and I feel like, I mean, there've been moments I feel like I've handled myself really well and responded rightly. And then there's moments that I haven't. Yeah, you know? same with me. And so, but, and I think people who are in these, and it's really not even just public figures. It's, it, I mean, like everybody. you said, it's really everybody. It's everybody. Yeah. It's a person with their mother-in-law or their father-in-law or like, it's, yeah. you know, and I think one thing that we need to understand is that we are going to have differing opinions and differing viewpoints yeah. on what is the yeah. space are we just gonna constantly stand our ground and enforce what we believe and what we feel? Or are we actually gonna again, like we brought up earlier on, in humility, just go, huh? Maybe somebody else has a different life experience yep. than me. And I'm just willing to listen, listen for a second, yep. you know. If we could all just
0: have your minds and live the world in,
1: in your minds, we <laughs> no, would all say okay. listen,
0: listen, we
2: still have to abide by them. We don't still are learning.
0: I don't believe it. No, I, you guys are such a testament to. Everything good and just walking with faith in good times in bad times, like through trials and everything. So, last question: What does living fully mean to you? It can be like a one-sentence thing, even. Oh man. Oh. Like what does it mean to live fully to you?
1: I think to me, it's to live without fear, live without ins- like being bound by insecurities. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna have those moments where we fear like feel fearful or have, but not being, you know, have insecurities, but not being bound by them. So it's just, yeah, like, I think that's probably, and and I mean, in in our relationships with God and in our relationships with, you know, with my kids, with Jeremy, of just um, living, being able to live freely and wholehearted in those Mm -hmm. places.
2: I think very simple, love God, love people. That's how you live a full life. Yeah. You love God and love people.
1: I love it. I love
0: it. You guys are a, a dream. What a beautiful couple that like God has brought together and to share your lives with all of us. Thank you. Thank you. So
2: much. You're awesome thank by the way. It was amazing. so fun to talk to you. I know. I'm so oh, yes.
0: great. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you guys are ever in Nashville, let me yeah. know and we should get Absolutely. together. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You. And I'm going to link everything in the bio. All of the 100 million things that you guys have done in 2020 and in your lives. Okay. Thank you so much for your time today. And thank you guys so much for listening to the Living Fully podcast. Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on malloryirvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.